This podcast is proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli. Hi, it's Alejandro Martinez um, from Finca Argentina, and I'm going to give you an update from the field. I feel it's been more than 30 days since I last provided you with an update, and I think last time we left it that um, we were going to get some seeds from Nicaragua for the upcoming renewal of a part of the plantation. Um, so I'm happy to report that I just got back from Nicaragua a few weeks back, uh, met with Eliane Marish and got the seeds that we need for that project. So thank you, Eliane. And um, we just finished setting up the nursery, so that is complete as well. I'm going to be sending some before and after pictures just in case Jen wants to include them in the show notes. And um, basically on Monday, we're going to start, and this is April the 3rd, I guess. We're going to start um, putting the seeds in the bags and all the bags are filled. Everything is ready to go. So we're really excited about um, about that part of uh, the management that we're doing at the farm. So we're going to be managing the nursery in an organic way so trying to minimize the use of any pesticides uh, so we inoculated all the bags with uh, trichodermis okay now moving on um, last time i mentioned to you as well that we were focusing during these uh, dry season mainly on spacing out the shade at the farm so we just had too many shade trees and we were going to get rid of the ones that were in between, let's put it that way. So happy to report that we've made great progress. So far we've made like about 20 hectares. Uh, be also sending you pictures in case Jen decides to put them up. And um, um, we still have probably one more month to go because once the rain begins, it's hard for the truck to come all the way up and pick up the wood. So we we will, I don't want that wood to rot. So if you remember, I'm sending it to a charcoal processing facility and they convert it into charcoal and uh, they can do it at a much uh, faster pace than I can locally at the farm. And they, uh, in return, they provide me with the charcoal shards, which I ground and that's what I'm using for my organic fertilizer, which we, you know, Bokashi. So also, we just had our first rains a couple weeks back, and uh, not a lot, 27 millimeters spread out over two days, but the farm flowered very nicely, and really looking forward to the next harvest. Um, there was only one area of the farm that it seems the rain didn't get to, um, did, didn't hit it as well, so the showers came in a little low, and then the high part didn't really get a lot of water. So. We're still waiting for additional rain to hit that part of the farm, so we will have another flower there probably. And we are into our second foliar spray of this season, and that should help out as well with the whole flowering and, um, you know, to help the flower take and so forth. Um, lastly, let me talk about the fertilizer we're doing. So we're doing the Bokashi, and so far we have processed and bagged about 45 tons. I still have maybe 140, 150 tons to go. So we had to order additional 
um, additional product to make the bokashi. So uh, this week we should be getting an additional 20 tons of chicken litter. And I've been just busy procuring things that we need. So yesterday, for example, I managed to get like 300 bags of really good quality and small size uh, bags for the rock powder because it's heavy. So, so these bags are just perfect for it. And we're going on Monday or Tuesday to the quarry, to the rock quarry, uh, to collect about 10 tons of rock powder that we use as a source of minerals for our bokashi. Uh, we already at the farm have a, about 20 tons of charcoal that we need to grind. And um, I also need to go and collect molasses. So that's pretty much what's been going on. It is the quiet part of the season where we just basically focus on organizing and arranging things and making sure um, we're ready for when the rains begin. And that's when it gets really busy, especially with all the weeds. Um, so for this year, we uh, one more thing I, I would like to mention is we are going to tackle the weed issue uh, with a weed whacker. And so we just purchased two weed whackers and we're trying to do that labor in a more mechanical way or mechanized way. So we're going to be training a few individuals that they will be taking care of the weeds throughout the year and we're going to be doing that as well next week so um, i'll keep you posted how that idea comes about whether it works or not whether they're able to tackle the weeds um, at the pace that we're hoping and uh, and that's about it so uh, this has been alejandro it's been a pleasure and we'll talk soon Hello and welcome to Tamper, Tamper Tantrum episode number 77. Um, I am joined by a Steve today, but it's and, and it's a Swedish Steve, no less, but um, not not my regular Steve Layton. Uh, today I am joined by Stephen Maloney from the Barista League and uh, Matteo. Um, hi Steve, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm pretty good. Um, a bit, bit knackered after this week, actually, but because um, we had we had all sorts of fun last weekend uh, in Gothenburg with you guys. But um, doing pretty well. How about yourself? Also, yeah, it was a it was a big weekend and a big week, so still recovering, but in a good way. Yeah, awesome. Um, so I thought I thought it would be really nice if we could just sort of have a chat because like we're we're going to be releasing the recordings from uh, cracking certifications with we did which we did with you guys uh, last weekend. But um, you know, as I was uh, sort of talking to people, even in New York, so we had that debate about competition and. You know, they're like, barista competitions are dead. And I was like, no, they're not. Have you not seen the Barista League? And everybody was like, what? Um, <laughs> no, I, I thought it would be really nice to sort of like introduce you and introduce the Barista League and sort of like have a little bit of fun with that and introduce it a little bit. Um, so that's why we're chatting today. Hope that's all right. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Super. Um, well, then let's let's start first with you, uh, since you're the mastermind of the Barista League. Um, so you're obviously not properly Swedish. You're not from Sweden. Um, I detect a slightly different accent, as I'm sure most people do as well. Um, which came first, getting into coffee or living in Sweden? And where did you come from? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm Australian. I can't hide that that much. Um, no, but I, I moved to Sweden about four, four five years ago uh, mm. and didn't really know much about coffee aside from the fact that I liked it. 
But, um, you know, moving to a new city, a new country, a new city, I couldn't get the, the same type of jobs that I, I was working back in Australia. Yeah. So I just took kind of the first job that came up, which is a cafe job. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of over a series of circumstances, I got more and more into it. I, I got trained by the then Swedish champion, so got kind of dragged into that uh, world pretty quickly. And I don't know, it's, it's, been, it's been fun. <laughs> what, so what, what initially brought you across to Sweden? Uh, the same, same, same old story. I met, met a lovely Swedish girl and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Yep, it is a thing. I know I've done it myself. That's how I ended up in Ireland. So, you know, I, I can't really throw any stones there. Um, and, and what did you do before coffee then, if, if coffee wasn't a thing before you got to Sweden? Actually, kind of doing a bit of a bit of a full circle here because I used to work in uh, event management, more kind of theatre and arts and music really? stuff. Yeah. Uh, so now it's it's kind of fun to get back into that uh, management, production management kind of thing um, again, but in a completely completely different <laughs> industry. Um, so it's kind of fun. Yeah. So what what kind of events were you running then? Was it uh, like gigs and stuff or? Yeah, like starting with music when I was like in high school, so playing in mm. bands and, yeah. you know, uh, touring around and, and doing dirty kind of <laughs> basement gigs. Yeah. And then um, I started working for like arts and theatre festivals, mm. so running like uh, free music festivals and like uh, city festivals and, and that kind of thing, uh, more with like technical production. So, uh, awesome. yeah, being told what was going to happen and Making it being happen. told to make it happen. So yeah, yeah I, I like that. <laughs> Yeah. And so are there, so like most coffee people have been involved with the arts in some way, I feel like, or like it's either arts or sciences, you know, we get a lot of like ex, uh, you know, chemists and stuff like that, or we get like a lot of ex musicians or maybe still musicians. Um, and I know that if you look hard enough online, you can find like James Hoffman's like early band recordings and stuff like that. And he doesn't really play much anymore, but like if we looked hard enough, would we find your stuff? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you would, <laughs> for sure. Well, is that, is that, I, so I, that's I, something we shouldn't link to then? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I had a very talented bandmate, so I just coasted on their, yeah. <laughs> on, on their skills. And so, uh, yeah, they're still, they're still playing in much better bands than, than I was ever yeah. part of. So, yeah. yeah. Do you miss it at all? That sort of like gigging and stuff like that? A little bit. Yeah. I miss, I miss hanging out with those guys. Like, um. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous that they're still playing music and stuff, but yeah. so, so busy. I don't have time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we keep joking about, like, uh, when WBC came to Dublin, we kept talking about, like, getting together, um, like, a like a band. Because, uh, like, you know, Peter uh, Peter Giuliano played, like, like studied ethnomusicology and, like, plays, like, trad music. And, um, you know, Jer O'Donoghue from First Draft Coffee was like in many bands and we were like, oh, we should just get like a Brista band together. It's, it's never happened. So maybe, <laughs> maybe this like year in Korea. could be an amazing or a terrible idea, depending. Yeah. <laughs> Very like fun, way man. too many different genres. <laughs> it could be good. Um, awesome. Well, so mm-hmm. let's, let's talk coffee a bit then. So tell me about your coffee journey. So you only really started in coffee when you first moved to Sweden. You were trained by a Brista champion, which is super cool. But I, I bet that gave you sort of a slightly different take on coffee from the get-go. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, my, in my experience before, like having worked in, in bars and restaurants was, you know, just the, the basic, basic kind of coffee stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but from pretty early on, I got to work with, I think the reason why I'm, I'm in coffee and the thing that I like about it so much is just getting to work with these people who know so much, like, yeah. um, yeah, if we just talk competition, then 
Emil, who was uh, who I'm talking about, he had won a few times, and then um, his then business partners had also won the Swedish nationals and were judges. So being able to just go to work and have that wealth of knowledge, uh, like at your fingertips, um, or just say like, oh, I haven't tasted this, or how do you buy this coffee, or where does it come from, or what, yeah. where does it come from, and just having that that access to knowledge for me is is, is really exciting. Yeah. So and that, yeah. No, well, and, and where was, was that in, I, I'm going to totally show my ignorance here. Was that in Stockholm or was that in Gothenburg? Or have you said that already? Did I just No, so I actually, I moved to Malmö, which is in the very south okay. of Sweden. Yeah. So like just across the bridge from Copenhagen. Yeah. Um, and I worked at a company called Love Coffee Roasters. So yeah. that's um, Daniel, Daniel Rimhead and then Emil Eriksson and, and Peter um, Frenhoff at the time. Um, awesome. So Daniel had come fourth in the worlds in Copenhagen that year. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I was working there for a few years and I, we opened a bar and I managed that and did that for a few years. And then about five months ago, six months ago, I moved up here to Gothenburg. So yeah. it's still a new city for me. Awesome. Well, it, you seem to have settled in quite well when we, when we came by to visit you. You looked very, very com- com- blah, blah, blah. I can't even talk. Like I've, I have coffee here. I promise I have coffee here and it's really not that early in the morning, but like that's how tired I am. <laughs> you looked really comfortable and confident at home. So that was... I thought you had been in Gothenburg the whole time, so yeah, that's awesome. It's a nice, it's a nice city and a nice community in here, so it's it's kind of kind of nice. Yeah, we um while we were there, we sort of like talked very briefly about what it was like um, having WBC in Gothenburg and like because that was that was the first time I ever had uh, gone to Sweden and to Gothenburg in particular, um, and it was like a complete whirlwind then. And you were like, yeah, that week was absolutely crazy. Do you <laughs> do you want to elaborate on that a little bit more? <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't work here then, so I know from my now colleagues' experiences yeah. it was just yeah mental, but. Mine, uh, my experience is probably similar to yours. I came in off the back mm-hmm. of a different event, yeah. uh, was already exhausted and then just slept on k- different people's couches for a few days. Yeah. And I think <laughs> I was just like rock bottom tired and couldn't, uh, yeah, it was, a, just couldn't even it was a, long, a long few days, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Have you, like, what's what's the impact been on the city since then? So obviously you're a recent transplant, but, um, like, have you seen, has, has there been, like, an increased interest in sort of coffee tourism to Gothenburg since then? Or is it pretty much, you know, the same? Have, have you heard anything? I'm not too sure, to be honest. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we have <laughs> we have people come in. I don't know if it's mm. a direct result of the, the World of Coffee event or just yeah. in general we're kind of accessible from, from Stockholm or up from yeah. Copenhagen. So, um, yeah, I, I can't really speak too, too in-depth about it. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, so I guess the first time I was introduced to you and what you do uh, would have been last year at WBC, obviously, um, as competition junkie. Because I remember Steve coming up to me uh, afterwards, like we were sort of having like a quick powwow with Colin because they were they were sort of emceeing at different times. And inevitably, I think like one of them was super hungover when the other one wasn't and vice versa, um, which is usually the way at WBC, I suppose. Um, and they were like, you know, like, who's your who's your favorite competitor this year? And like, you know, we really liked Steve Maloney from Sweden. And I was like, what? Who? Sorry. Um, and they were just so taken aback by your routine. And I was, and like, I went back and I, I watched it later cause I was just super busy running around and doing lots of other things. So like as usual, WBC, I don't ever get to see anything while I'm actually there. I have to like wait until videos get uploaded and I can watch them. Um, that's pretty standard like, though. I don't think any of the competitors yeah. watch other competitors. <laughs> I, I heard someone say like, Oh, it's not good here anyway. You just wait till you go back home, watch it yeah. in, in peace and quiet. <laughs> 
it's true. Like it's you know you get to you actually get to see more a little bit sometimes on the live stream, which is which is a bit weird, you know. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's a thing these days. Uh, and and yeah, so I watched. I went back and I watched the competition. And the one thing that they were really taken with that I ended up being quite taken with too is like this very pragmatic, like you know, like yeah, I didn't go to the farm. Uh, I didn't tell the farmer how to grow his coffee. I didn't roast myself. I didn't. I didn't ask for all these ways. Like I'm a barista, and I need to do what a barista does. And I thought that that was that was so different for a competition at that stage. Um, super pragmatic and just just really like honest and true like where did that come from because it, it, it felt like there was a little bit of frustration behind it perhaps but like <laughs> I yeah picked, picked up on that <laughs> yeah i mean i guess i have like a love hate with the competitions yeah. um because the the it also ties into to all like bristling stuff as well the mm -mm. kind of dichotomy between what a brister does or what a, a working full-time brister does which is pretty much make cappuccinos and sandwiches all day uh, and serve people and deal with their regulars is so far removed from like the discourse that happens in certain yeah. aspects of the industry. And I don't think it's like not important to have those like bigger discussions and visit the farm and do the nice restaurant collaborations and stuff. But mm -hmm. it just it was it's frustrating that there's no focus on on the actual staff who who are there working. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit of the, and and then with the competition, like yeah, none of the no, none of the competitors were talking about. <laughs> they weren't there. A lot of them aren't baristas. A lot of them are roasters or yeah. trainers or consultants, and that's that's great. And I understand that's what you need to do to to have the time to compete. But it's just like why can't we just be baristas? It's meant to be yeah. a barista competition yeah. ostensibly. Yeah. So that was the <laughs> yeah <laughs> the thought behind it. No, I thought I thought it was. I thought it was a completely different take, but like a much needed one because yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like we do tend to get really wrapped up in all these things that are not applicable to, you know, everyday work behind the bar in any way, shape or form. Like, you know, um, <laughs> oh, I, I really shouldn't throw stones here, but like things like water, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we need to be, we need to be really, uh, aware of the water that we're working with. And I think there's all sorts of interesting things you can do, but when you actually get down to the nitty gritty of like, what is possible in a cafe environment uh, with what you have and uh, like what, you know, sort of the industry is talking about at large. Like there's a pretty big split there. And like really what you need is you, you need like some some basic water stuff in order to make sure that you have the best water you possibly can have. But like if you're stripping things out and putting them back in and like all this stuff, like it, it does like it's it's so expensive. It's completely un, like financially unsustainable for a cafe um, to do. And I think I think it is really exciting and it's really interesting, but it just doesn't necessarily pertain to sort of like what we're doing behind the bar. Um, and again, like I really shouldn't. The only the only reason that comes to mind is because that's just a constant thing that comes up um, in conversation with like like I, I you know I not quite a, a barista anymore. Although I did just work a shift. I, I'd like to point that out. Um, but like I. I do spend a lot of time talking to other baristas and uh, and sort of talking to people who work with baristas, like wholesale, um, stuff like that. And like, that is a question that comes up all the time. So anyway. But I, mean, I think over in like more broader terms, there's a bit of a lack of honesty. Like when, mm -hmm. when you focus so specifically on the, I don't know, uh, calibration of your burrs and the grinder or the water or this or that, or like the really, really specific things that people get into in competitions. Yeah. Uh, super great like we need that kind of leading edge but then also majority of 
bad coffee is not because the water's bad. It's because the roast is bad or because the machine's dirty or because mm -hmm. like just some basic knowledge, like those really um, specific things make up 0.1 of a percent or 0.2 of a percent. And then the bigger picture stuff, like can you dial in a coffee? Can you get the yeah. good quality beans and roast it well? Like people kind of don't talk about, uh, well, maybe they do, but in, not in competitions. Like you get a good yeah. coffee, you can't do anything bad to it. You know, mm -hmm. like it's almost impossible to mess up a really, really nicely roasted good coffee. Uh, <laughs> so they're just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to steer clear of the rest of this conversation in this particular vein because I'm just gonna start <laughs> <laughs> inserting my foot into my mouth. Um, <laughs> the 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 rant will begin. <laughs> it will, and that's you know, uh, I usually try not to record those and uh, broadcast them to the public too much. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so let's then talk about your competition. So obviously you have experience with WBC and stuff like that, but then you you are the mastermind behind the Barista League. Um, and listening to some of the stuff that we've just talked about in terms of, you know, like things not pertaining directly to the skills that we have on bar, we use on bar, like, you know, just regular barista life. Um, I definitely see a lot of that in, in what you're doing with the Barista League. So is, is that sort of how things came about or was it was it different or yeah it's it is it's a combination of of kind of everything we've just been talking about so like yeah. i guess the main the main driver of, of why why i do it is about giving back or doing something fun for bristers who don't usually get a chance to to do mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. so for those who can't afford to go to dublin for the wbc or seoul for the wbc or to yeah. the trade shows or to the um guild events or whatever mm -hmm. um like let's try and just make something easy and fun and relevant to, to the actual bristers. Yeah. So, yeah. And then with, yeah, with the skills as well, like focus on just the things that are important in, in the bigger sense. Yeah. But it's also like, it's super fun. Like it's, it's super fun. So I like, we had just gotten into Gothenburg. We pretty much came straight to Don Mateo um, and things were already in full swing and everyone is super chill and there's like tasty beer and just everyone's having fun and chatting and in a way that like, you know, you might get sort of at the end of the day after finals at a WBC, uh, once everyone is like so completely exhausted, they're not even properly functioning. Um, you kind of get that a little bit for a couple of hours, maybe if you're lucky. Whereas like this felt so full of life and like so much fun and like everyone was super relaxed and, and yet, and, and the competition is actually happening and it is happening in that environment. There's like, I'm sure it's stressful for some competitors while they're up there, but like on the whole, it just seems to be super cool and chill and fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of explain it like the competition is just an excuse to get people there. So yeah. whether you win or lose or, or somewhere in the middle, to me, I, I don't know about the guys competing, but to me, it's not, not important <laughs> at all. Uh, yeah. The important thing is to create a space where people can actually interact with each other. So yeah. you're not so, so stressed about your competition that you can't deal with anyone and you're not too mm -hmm. busy to talk to people and you compete with other people um, yeah. and try and structure the whole evening and the whole competition around the fact that uh, the important thing is is connecting with people rather than the competition. So yeah. while we do put a bit of effort into like how we judge and and how we uh, what tasks uh, sorry challenges we want to do, the mm -hmm. the most important thing is is more just yeah like let's just have a big party together and yeah. yeah. 
So uh, we're both talking about this as if we, like, everyone else has been to one of these when we know that's not necessarily true because um, a big part of our relationship is not in the Nordic area. Um, so tell me, I've never been, let's say. Um, what is it What is it like? How does it work? It's, um, it's about, a f- like, one evening. It's about four hours mm-hmm. of kind of controlled chaos. So <laughs> it's built Accurate. around a... Yeah. <laughs> It's built around a, a team competition based in three rounds. So you, you sign up with your with your partner, so team of two. Um, and the idea is that anyone from really experienced roaster down to a kind of new employee at a kind of coffee chain can get something out of the same competition. So yeah. team of two, you have three rounds. The first round is Brewster skills. So we've done things like dialing an espresso, brewing coffee, um, skills that we believe are really important kind of for Brista to be able to do. Can you dial yeah. in a, a really good espresso in 10 minutes? Yeah. Um, the second round is sensory skills. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, cupping challenges or in Gothenburg, we blindfolded everybody and had them smell kind of <laughs> glasses of ingredients yes. and try and pick out what those ingredients were. Yeah. Um, and those two rounds typically run at the same time. So we've got multiple yeah. stations and teams are rotating around and there's just a lot, lot happening. And then the third round is is mystery round. So this is our chance to just do something a little bit crazy. Um, handcuffing people together and having them make drinks, drink orders. <laughs> or yeah. um, we blindfolded people before and had them make drinks. Um, yeah. Last time we were in Gothenburg, we actually gave everyone a really nice coffee and, you know, hot water and everything, but basically nothing else. So we gave them some, like, a mortar and pestle and a hammer and a blender <laughs> And um, some other like crazy filtration equipment, and just said like, yeah. uh, "Go for it! Try and make the best coffee you can." Yeah. Um, so that one's a little bit less serious, and we'll just have fun yeah. and make a spectacle. What one? Who who was most ingenious? Uh, I don't remember, but none of them were very good. I can remember, <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is that we we change those competitions every time. So right. we want it to always be a bit different, always be a bit exciting, and. Um, Another thing is that you don't need to prepare. You just show up and it's things just that... Just show up and do the yeah, thing, yeah. No weird equipment, no special, like, things that you need to bring and yeah. no crazy speeches, just, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's, that's basically it. We You compete in teams across the three rounds and then the winner is the one with the most points at the end of that event. Super. Yeah, no, I'd, like, honestly, it seemed like so much fun and, like, there were a lot of people, like, sort of packed into the space, but I thought, you know, like, the flow was good and people were moving around and doing the different things and... Yeah, it was just, it was, it it felt like so much fun. And I know that I wasn't the only one to sort of feel that way because like pretty much all of the panelists we had afterwards um, were like, wow, never been to a coffee event like this. We wish all of them were like this. It's so relaxed and awesome. Like you actually get a chance to talk to people and like everyone's having fun and no one's super stressed. Like this is great. And it's like, yeah, it's, it is. It's awesome. That's yeah, nice to hear. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what we aim for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's nice. Sweet. So, um, with that in mind, obviously some, some crazy stuff happens, you know, it's controlled chaos. Like what's, what's the craziest moment that's ever sort of hit the Barista League in your memory? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Crazy in terms of competition wise. We, we had, um, <laughs> we had a competition in Helsinki last year. If we're <laughs> going to talk first, like about Brista nerdiness. And oh, yeah. uh, we had this team come in from Russia who were like pressing the AeroPress upside down for, for some reason. Uh-huh. Um, I, was just, I don't know. It was like a brewing challenge, like 10 yeah. minutes to make the best kind of brew. And they, they won with this weird, I don't know what they were doing, but really, really <laughs> interesting <laughs> techniques. 
But um, no, I mean, I, I guess like the we're in our second season now, so yeah. kind of a, a bit of a shift from the first five events. But um, for me, like just learning how to, to pack these people in a room and mm-hmm. how, how to manage this event by myself um, yeah. was pretty pretty interesting. The last time we yeah. were in Gothenburg, I didn't really have any volunteers because it was still kind of like, oh, we can just mm-hmm. pop this event up and make it happen. Yeah. That was yeah. probably the most stressful four hours of my life, just like <laughs> running around, <laughs> kind of corralling people together. But yeah. yeah. I don't know. So um, it was funny. So when I when I got there, like, yeah, you were you were super chill. And I was like, wow, I need I obviously need to, to take like note from Steve, like how to do this, because like I am really bad at delegating when I run events. And so I am constantly just like trying to do 10 million things at once. And it felt like, yeah, there were lots of people there helping and it was super smooth. And like you had time to chat to people. And I was like. Ooh, I need to. I definitely need to learn something here. <laughs> something yeah, I, to take I, I just. I probably just have to credit the people I I corral into <laughs> volunteering. Uh, they were so so good this this event. So I just delegated yeah. all my responsibility away. Um, yeah. Which is fantastic. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> people always say we can't do it without volunteers, but oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really can't. Yeah. Um. So, you're you're working with with baristas a lot, uh, both, both in your sort of like daily work and, and also in organizing events. And like, uh, most people I find to sort of work with and around baristas usually have like a, a bit of a pet peeve with something. Um, it's <laughs> like, because baristas, I say this as a barista, we are the yeah. worst. We're just the worst. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, what is it, what is it for you? Like what's, what's some of the stuff that's come up as you've been trying to organize things? Um, that just, I think the, the laziness, you know, mm. hospitality people in general are like, manana manana, wait till tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so people will be really excited, like, yeah, I should, uh, I should sign up, I should do this. Like, yeah, you, you should. Yeah, <laughs> now, like right now assume, would yeah. be good. <clears throat> so that that is my my main pet peeve. But now that yeah. we're like growing a bit and people, uh, uh, it's the the events starting to sell out and book out quicker. Mm-hmm. We do, I don't have that frustration as much, yeah. but yeah. but still, it's that and and trying to convince people that like um, this is this is for you guys. You were asking me to do this last week, and now I'm doing it, and you're not showing interest, or you don't yeah. understand that it's happening. So yeah. yeah, having conversations, for example, with this certifications panel we did, yeah, talking to baristas, and they're like. Um, yeah, Stephen, can you explain like how it works with, with this, how we buy coffee directly, like how it works? I'm like, yeah. well, you should come to this thing on the weekend. Like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then it <laughs> happens and the next week it's like, oh yeah. So, um, fair trade and organic, like we, do we, do we do that? I'm like, well, you should have come to this thing that we yeah. do on the weekend. We brought in five of the best people to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't do this for myself. We did it for you. Exactly. So, um, I yeah. guess that was my current, my current pet mm. peeve. Sorry. For sure. Um, so let's let's actually let's talk about that a little bit because um, like while we were throwing some ideas around for uh, like what we could sort of do in terms of content, like what what would be a good discussion to have, you know, um, you were you were super keen on the idea of certifications, and I was like, really, or like Barist is, you know, like I like I totally get roasters and green buyers being into it, like, and, and we can definitely you know sort of aim it at Baristas, but is there? is it going to be something that um, they're going to be interested in? You're like, yeah, it comes up all the time. It's such a huge thing here. Um, like, so is, I understand that like Sweden has a, has a particularly interesting relationship with certifications as I suppose the UK does as well. But I think uh, the UK has probably like, progressed a little bit in a sense from where Sweden is. Um, is that a conversation that you're having a lot with your customers at the moment? 
Um, I guess, I mean, like it came <laughs> up in the panel, like uh, we don't mm. get it as much as we used to, but yeah. I think the, the tricky thing and what we discussed a lot is the really complicated um, discussion and uh, <laughs> yeah, process, but yeah. to explain that to a customer in a like nice way, in a quick mm. like transactional way is so hard. So yeah. Uh, whenever someone like when we have new staff or when staff bring it up and we're talking about um, how we should talk about it, it's a really tough thing to to explain and explain quickly. So um, yeah, I mean people people are talking about it just because it's 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 difficult and it happens a lot when yeah customers are asking and you don't really have a, a clear answer as much as when they say oh what coffee should I buy? Well, oh, it's easy. This one is my favorite and it tastes like this. Um, it's not so clear cut when we talk about certifications. Yeah. And, and this too was sort of like a, a part of the, I guess, part of season two, right? Which is, uh, uh, this sideline event that you ran. So the one in Oslo was inside the dirty mind of a roaster, um, which sounded really interesting and like lots of fun. And so this, I guess like you guys are, are looking to add like a little bit of an educational slant as well. So after all the fun has been had on the Saturday night or something, you know, you're going to do something educational the next day in a way, or maybe, you know, maybe it'll shift around, but that there's this desire to add sort of a second element to the Bristol league moving forward. Yeah, basically like, um, we, we have all these people that we've brought in for the event. So, and also we just mm. looked around us and we had like I don't know, 10 of 10 or 12 of what I would consider some of the best races in the world in mm. one city. And it's like, well, and we also look around at the, the community and say like, what do you guys want to know more about? And yeah. every Bristol wants to be a roaster. So, mm. um, like, all right, well, let's get these great roasters, put them in a room and, and have them talk about what actually makes them good and what, what they actually do in their day job. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, with the certifications, let's kind of, yeah, let's talk about that for the reasons that we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And and is that, um, like, I, I do want to, so obviously, you know, people here will be able to sort of uh, hear what happened at cracking certifications and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't want to cover that too much, but I am really interested in what happened with Dirty Mind of a Roaster. So, um, like, how did that go? How was it received? And, and like, so it was, it was like a double blind, wasn't it? You had people cupping, like, so everyone brought coffee, it all got cupped together, but nobody knew what it was. And it was just sort of like talking through what they were tasting. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So the, yeah. the idea was, okay, we can't talk about roast profiles because A, it's boring for people who don't roast and B, it doesn't translate across machines and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So what is it that actually makes, um, I don't know, the, the Tim Wendelbo team or the Damateo team really good at what they do? Mm. And I was thinking, well, it's basically their ability to translate what they taste in the bowl or the cupping bowl to the way that they're going to roast. Yeah. So, okay, well, it doesn't really matter what coffees we put on the table, but we should make it their own, so uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they have a point of reference. Um, so we, I bought a coffee from each of them, um, mm -hmm. and I made sure I had like an anonymous person go in and buy it. So they didn't know which coffee I bought. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I mixed them all up, put them on the table. And the idea is after that stage, no one would ever know. So I lost transparency. They lost transparency. And yeah. the point was not to, to pick apart other people's roast. It was just to mm. say, there's a coffee on the table. How do you taste it? As in like, what's your process for cupping this? Mm -hmm. um, what are some positives about it? What are some negatives about it? And um, what would you do to it? Or like, how do you perceive that that kind of roast uh, approach to it? Is it well yeah. roasted? Could you take it 
in a different direction? What is there potential for more, or or, or is it maxing out its potential? Yeah, uh, and it was it was really interesting. I mean, everyone was quite calibrated, surprisingly, actually. Yeah, but yeah, it was uh, it was really interesting having six quite different people in a room together with uh, mm. talking about these these coffees. And did you did you think that um, there was an element of like people being polite because they wasn't because they weren't sure which coffee was which or were they were they actually getting into it were they sort of digging into things that came up? No, I mean like it wasn't. Uh, the, the thing is, we chose roasters who were awesome, so there were mm-hmm. no coffees that sucked, which is the first thing. Right. Um, <laughs> and I didn't I didn't go the, go to them and buy like their best coffees. I just chose like a selection. Yeah. Um. So that was the first thing. There weren't any terrible coffees, but no, it was just like this is what we do and this is what I taste in this one. And so each, each kind of roaster had, had their one cup to pick apart yeah. and then the rest of them could talk about it afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so no, it wasn't, it wasn't so like, um, people weren't holding back, but it wasn't aggressive either. It was just, yeah, yeah. this is what it is. I find this yeah. and someone else goes, Oh yeah. I, I also found that woody note and someone else said, Oh no, not so much. Like maybe it's just, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of cool. interesting. No, it's like it's it sounded like lots of fun and I was sorry to to have missed it. Um so what what is next for you uh, and also for Barista League? Like obviously you're this year's Swedish champion, so uh, in addition to all of the work that you do with Barista League and Damateo, you're also going to be preparing for Seoul. Um <laughs> And I'm sure you've got lots of crazy thoughts going on about that. Uh, and maybe we can pick your brain about that a little bit. But then, then let's also talk about Barista League. But we, so we can go either direction uh, first. Which one do you want to go for first? Uh, we can, Barista League's easier. I mean, we've, yeah. got, <laughs> we've got the last two events of this season. So we're going to Copenhagen in May, the 12th mm-hmm. of May. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be amazing because Copenhagen is just amazing. Yeah. Um, and then we're in September, we're going to Berlin. <coughs> Um, so there are our last two kind of proper events for the year, and then we've mm-hmm. got some other little surprises. So we're going to be in in Budapest for the WB, uh, the World of Coffee. Awesome. And, uh, we've got another couple of things we've got in in the pipes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, May in Copenhagen and September in Berlin, and that'll round out the year until WBC. Awesome. And then in terms of you? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, this year is so so busy. Yeah. So uh, yeah kind of get get through that um planning another wbc related thing with some of the other countries around scandinavia Mm -hmm. so um trying to bring norway and finland and denmark together and and doing something fun before before november Uh so that'll that'll happen and be announced in the next in the next couple of months it'll be really fun and uh and then just get to seoul and eat as much korean food as possible (laughs) for sure yeah um so, like, a while back when we first sort of talked about, like, events and things like that, you know, the, the question came up. It was, like, is it possible to be an event organizer in coffee and just be an event organizer in coffee if you're not associated with one of, like, the sort of bigger um, organizations? Or is everything about a, being a passion project on the side? You know, as, like, you, you have your day job and then you do the thing you love on the side. Um and like, how has that progressed for you? Are you still feeling that way? Are you feeling like it's, you know, Bristol League is something that you're, you've got to sort of keep going on the side because it's a thing that you love doing or you like, how is that, how's that sitting at the moment? Um, yeah, I think for me, it's better. Definitely. Um, I've got like a pretty good handle on, on how my time works, but yeah. it's definitely not paying, paying for itself. So it's still mm-hmm. a passion project of some kind. 
but yeah, I mean, I brought it up with you and I've talked to the guys from the Barcelona Independent Coffee Festival and mm. Sonia, who's doing Brista Connect and yeah. it's, um, it's a lot of work and, mm. and although there's kind of support in different ways for it, it's really hard to, to make that into a sustainable kind mm -hmm. of model. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if people have an idea about how to do it. I, <laughs> I, was, I was kind of frustrated at the end of last year because people were saying like, oh, we, we love these independent festivals and we love this uh, kind of these things that are happening, like more kind of gr grassroots and this and that. And yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, that, that's that's great. But we also need some some support back yeah. in terms of it's not just good enough to say good job. We like someone needs to throw down some money because I think, um, yeah, I mean, just the, the time, the time that it takes to plan these has to come from somewhere. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. Do you think that that's kind of like, uh, indicative of things that like within specialty coffee at the moment anyway? Um, cause I, I remember having a conversation with a, a well-known roaster who was like, you know, it's like you, but you've got one of the biggest brands out there. You know, you've got you've got such a great name recognition, and like everyone completely respects and loves what you do. And he's like, yeah, but nobody buys the coffee. And it's like, really? You know that there's this like we we are really good at sort of being self congratulatory in certain ways, and like you know, say oh that's great and that's awesome, but like in terms of actually financially supporting things, it it can be difficult to to find that that it's a lot of uh, a lot of positive talk, but not necessarily a lot of um, positive action. Yeah, I don't know. I I like to think it, like part of it is is kind of growing pains that as mm. we as we grow and the market gets bigger, it'll it'll become easier. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking about this this morning. Like, we're even like quite. Uh, companies that have a bunch of cafes and doing quite well you're still really like pinching every second in terms of well we can offer you this hour for training but you still have to then subsidize that by working behind the bar or you know yeah. we can do this but we have to offset it by this like all the overheads are so tight mm -hmm. um and then you think about like if i had an office job and people can afford four hours to sit on facebook it's like oh. yeah <laughs> i'm like I, so yeah i don't i don't <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> That's right. Convince, Sorry, convince everyone just... to buy a lot more, a lot more specialty coffee, and make the pool yeah. a bit bigger or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, in terms of competition this year, are you are you sort of taking a similar pragmatic approach to it, or will you be informed by some of the stuff you've done with Barista League or with Domateo? Or like, are, are you comfortable talking about it, <laughs> or is it yeah. like completely under wraps and super secret? Oh no, no, I'm not I'm not secret at all. Um, <laughs> I just I just don't really know yet. It's so far away. Yeah. I learned yeah. a lot last year. Like I think I was very green going into the WC, um, and that is frustrating. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, this year it's just going to be talking to as many people who know more than me as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then taking a bit more relaxed approach to it. So, yeah. um, I think last year I was so, yeah, I had a bit of a less, a, like shorter timeline as well. Like we, mm -hmm. yeah. we had our competitions like a month or so ago. It's like mm -hmm. eight months prep time. Yeah. But, um, you, if you're going to train for like, you know, every day for a few months or, or whatever, mm -hmm. then you're going to throw all that time at something. You might as well, I don't know, make, put it in a nice part of town and surround yourself with nice people. So even though you're kind of stuck hating yourself, drinking espresso late at night, you're doing it with yeah. fun people. And when we go to Seoul, we'll hopefully have a nice team and be able to do some nice stuff in Seoul. So yeah. um, I don't really know about the competition just yet. I know yeah. what, what type of coffee <laughs> I want to take and yeah. 
when when those the new new crops start coming in, hopefully we can um, find mm -hmm. something nice. Yeah, well, and that, that's it too, right? Because, you know, it's we're, you have to have a coffee now that's going to be, you know, still super tasty and by the time you get to November. And so that kind of makes some of that planning hard. Mm, um, but it's easier than last year because November is yeah. a pretty good time to... Yeah, exactly. Be, yeah. So... And are you, are you the kind of person who goes with like... So I know I, there appear to be sort of two different approaches to preparing for competition uh, that I've seen in my experience, which is one, which is like, I'm going to take all the boxes. Like, I'm going to take all the boxes. I'm going to get all the points I possibly can. So I'm going to find a coffee that allows me to clearly state these flavor, this flavor profile, this stuff like that. So like the box sticker, or it's the person who is really invested in having an idea they want to share. And then everything gets built around that idea. Um, or that theme, or that that story. Um, which which approach do you do you tend to take? Um, a bit of both. A bit of both, yeah. Well, <laughs> Maybe this is why I didn't yeah. do so well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a competition. I think yeah. that like blind uh, concept driven thing is is all well and good, but it, yeah, you have to acknowledge you're working within this very very tiny box that the WBC mm. is. So mm -hmm. if you're not willing to pick something that's gonna to do well, well, if you're not willing to work inside that box, you're most yeah. likely not gonna yeah. kind of get there. Um, but at the same time, like I really, really don't just want to do another competition. Like they're just all the same, and yeah, um, yeah, can be really boring. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not sure. Try and find a way to do something a bit fun. Yeah. But um, do you think there's anything about some of the the recent changes that'll allow you to open things up a bit more? Or does it still feel a little bit? And like this is this is part personal question, obviously, because like we've been talking about this a lot in my uh, spare time with the evolution committee, but also just like trying to get a, a good understanding for people. Like, do you feel like things have opened up a bit more with the rule changes, or is it is it still very narrow feeling? Yeah, I'll try and be as diplomatic as I can. I, no, that's cool. I think it's like. <laughs> I think it's it's steps in the right direction, but it baby yeah. baby baby steps. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's gonna be really cool to have different setups and and some slight other changes to things. I really like the set grinder approach, like mm -hmm. reducing the amount of money and equipment you yeah. have to take with you. But yeah. um, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's gonna revolutionize the way people compete because it's mm -hmm. still mm -hmm. super super. Yeah. Specific and the way it's judged is a bit uh, non-transparent, unclear mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's still quite inaccessible for a lot of people, which are my my main gripes with it. Yeah. But um, definitely, like the more changes, the better, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. just bring it on and, and just see what see what people do. So it's still going to be the WBC, in my opinion, if it's even if it's a completely different type of competition, because right. it's still going to be the best the best baristas and companies coming. So yeah. Yeah. And what would you what would you like to see? Like if you if you had the power to change anything about the competition as it currently stands, like what where would you like to see it go? Um, I'm not really sure. I, I I think people talk about the like compulsory coffee. I think something mm -hmm. where it, it it could be quite cool. Mm -hmm. The the idea that at the moment, like you really need to have the the force behind you to get there. Um, yeah. so it really, uh, hand handicaps people who, who can't come with a big team and, and the big coffee and, and that kind of thing. So doing something that would offset that, a compulsory coffee that would throw off that, like put a bit of chance into the competition or a bit of skill, not chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. something like that could be, could be quite cool. Yeah. Um, or just like messing with the rounds a bit, just taking mm -hmm. out 
taking out one of them or putting in something new or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, I wish I could say that, like, I know for sure what's happening, but like we, like we're trying really hard to, to listen to the feedback and to ask the questions and then sort of like pivot from there. So like, yeah, and I think it'd be really interesting to see what happens this year. Um, it's always really funny because when you're when you're discussing these changes sort of internally with the group, it's like, oh, like are people gonna like lose their head over this? Is this too big? And then like inevitably we release the thing, and it's like, oh, baby steps. And it's mm. like, well, really? Yeah, like- <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there's other people who are really upset about the fact that something's changed. So yeah, I, mean, the, I guess you, I mean as speaking to Amy Ball about yeah. this in in Seoul, and just kind of saying like we have so much that we want to do, but there's so many people involved with so many different opinions yeah. so mm. I really sympathize with with all you guys <clears throat> that's why <laughs> I run briskly by myself so if I want to change well, something exactly. I'm, like, like, I'm the dictator I'm gonna change it I do yeah, what I want. <laughs> yeah yeah circling back to that, that that I think is the value of the independent events is that um you know it's really clear sort of who it like who who the stakeholders are right. uh, there are fewer stakeholders because it's independent and um you kind of have the ability to play and do what you want to do make make changes make them quickly um and like lots of different iterations and then go oh, scrap that that didn't work but oh that really worked and maybe let's go in that direction now and yeah that's definitely the value of of doing things on a on a more independent scale not a smaller scale necessarily but like an independent yeah yeah. you guys have a tough job i don't know what to say (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's just a thing i don't know it's a it's i honestly still sometimes don't even understand why i'm still involved with it because i i haven't been spending so much time like with competition that way so we'll, we'll see what happens but um it's it's just i find it really intriguing and, and the people that we get to work with are really interesting and like have such a wealth of experience that like it's also um a learning thing for me which is probably why i still hang around and you know log- like poke logistical holes and things along <laughs> with um hugo from the u.s uh in Canada like he's you know he and I used to, to do a lot of stage managing so we're like oh no that's definitely not gonna work from a from a logistics perspective you're gonna you're gonna be ripping your hair out anyway um well cool thank you thank you so much for taking the time this morning uh I know that you you had a fun night last night with the team at Domateo and uh um hopefully this wasn't too early I think I was suffering more than you were and that was just because I hadn't had enough coffee yet um <laughs> but uh Thanks. Thanks for taking the time. Um, I'm really excited to see where Barista League is going, and um, yeah, hope to hope to see you again soon. Thanks for having us in Gothenburg. Is there is there anything you'd like to to leave people with before we go? Uh, no. I mean, thanks for having me, and it's yeah. cool to see everybody. So just yeah. keep going. <laughs> awesome. Well, I hopefully we'll see you in Copenhagen, and uh, and we'll have lots of fun there too. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks again, and thanks for coming along. Yeah. Over and out. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It's proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli.